0: If you spend your relationship focusing on your needs and your wants, you'll never get what you need and you'll never get what you want. Never, it won't happen.
1: Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Radically Loved Podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest today, Gary John Bishop is one of the leading personal development experts in the industry. He is the New York Times bestselling author of Unfuck Yourself, as well as Stop Doing That Shit, Do the Work, and Wise as Fuck. His urban philosophy approach represents a new wave of personal empowerment and life mastery that has caused miraculous results for people in the quality and performance of their lives. He's been on the show before, and I'm so excited to have him here today to talk about his new book, which is one of my favorite topics. And actually, when Gary first came on the Radically Loved podcast a few years ago, we had a conversation about relationships. So now he's here to talk about his new book. And hold on, I want to show you Love Unfucked. How appropriate is this for our podcast? Here is my conversation with Gary John Bishop. As I say that, I start cracking up. Okay, here we are. Gary, it's so nice to see you again. And I have been looking forward to this conversation when I got this book because I felt like, especially since the shutdown and I've spent so much time with my partner, I feel like you wrote this book for me. I did. I did. I was like, after 18 years of being with Tori, I thought that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't learn anything more. I'm like, oh, no, I I pretty much got this on lock. But there was something that you (laughs) wrote in here that it just left such a deep impression. There's a part where you talk about, like, being all in, but you're still keeping score.
0: Right.
1: And I was just like, okay, well, let's... Hold on a second, because how could you be all in in a relationship and still be keeping tabs? So obviously I want to get into that, but first I want to welcome you to the show again, and I want to thank you for writing this book. So thank you so much for being here. You're welcome.
0: Thanks for having
1: me. I want to know, you've written so many other books, so much like prolific wisdom (laughs) for the modern day. So why relationships? Why now? A relationship
0: book was something I'd had in mind because it's such a fundamental part of our lives. You know, like whether you're in one or out of one, it's still a massive part of your life. But the other thing that always comes to mind on this subject is, you know, you have a relationship with everything. So in this book, I'm talking about love and being in a partnership with somebody else. But you know, you're related to yourself. You have a relationship with your you actually have a relationship with your ex, even though you might never talk to him and haven't spoken to him in however long, you still have a relationship with them. In fact, when I say your ex, you know, all that stuff comes up in your mind. And that's the relationship you have with them, right? That's it right there. So there was that part of it. Like I wanted to really explore that with people. And then, you know, I think the last couple of years because of the whole pandemic thing and again what your views on that are i don't really care but uh <laughs> but ultimately you know it's had an effect right and it's had an impact on people and um, particularly in their close relationships and uh, i wanted to give people somewhere they could kind of get themselves grounded right because times like these whether it's a pandemic or a cold war or a whatever hanging in the background of our collective consciousness it's very unsettling Mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of just make do and overcome without really realizing the impact some of it's having and you know this book really is a way for you to get yourself connected to what it is you're really all about yeah and to do that we have to get through all the ways that you've gotten away from that of course but
1: yeah, the time was right. Yeah, oh, it's so good. I love what you're saying too about how those external tensions live in our system and how they affect our relationships. And I, I'm with you. You know, I, I feel like so much of everyone's waking consciousness is about how I'm different from you and how I want to be here. This is the box I'm in. This is what I do. It, there's so much focus on separation as opposed to. Yeah. That commonality of cultivating that relationship. And I really love that you speak to how to deal with those differences, right? It's like, it's like, it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. How can I really want a relationship to work if I'm not really all in, if I'm not really open to a different way of doing something? And right. I feel like that's a huge, I mean, that's a huge hang up in every relationship, right? So yeah. I, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Well, well, it's just interesting, you know, because I think most people would say they are all in when they're in a relationship. They say, I'm in. But in the book, I've really kind of smacked people upside the head with the idea that, no, you're not. Right. Like, and I explain to you why you're not like, you know, I think, you know, we all have those kind of, like we said, those little places where we keep score, like how yeah. they're doing and how they're not doing. And I need a little more of this. And what about my wants? And what about Maddie's? And what I want people to get is the minute you're in that conversation with yourself, you're playing the role of the observer, right? And if this thing's a game, how can you be in the game while standing watching? So if you want the game to go a certain way and whether you like it or not, you are a player in this game, then it would kind of be in your best interest to actually play it with all that you've got.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How much do you think the role of the ex plays in yeah. the relationship that we have now? Can you elaborate yeah. a little bit more on this? Was one yeah, I things. mean,
0: it, it doesn't have to, right? But it's funny, you know, everybody's over something until you bring it up. Right? So I'm over that. I'm done with that. And then I bring it up. And then they're like, well, you know, or they'll... Make a case for it or argue for it or whatever. Right. So, and it doesn't matter what it is, it could be anything. You'll say, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm OK with my parents. Well, let's talk about them. <laughs> You'll see how not OK you are or were. And the same goes with are exits. Right. Right. So, what the general rule of thumb is people bounce from relationship to relationship with this kind of like, I'm not going to do that again in my. So whatever shitshow that was before, that's now going to be the map for what's next. So I kind of go into my next relationship with, I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing that, and I'm not putting up with this, and I'll never put up with that again, and no one's ever going to, and that's what I bring to the game. So whatever the next person says or does, I'm going to interact with that through this kind of rule book that I've brought with me. And so I'm no longer actually in the relationship. What I'm doing is just trying to make sure that whatever way you are on the other side of my rules, you know, it doesn't get in the way. And it's very challenging because we do it so subtly. We do it so maybe even subconsciously, you know, like nobody's going to say that or do that or never again. So it becomes increasingly difficult to have your relationship be about This. It's usually about not that.
1: Right. Yeah. So, what are the steps that we take in order to do that self inquiry so we know what's on our side of the street?
0: Yeah. So, the first thing I say to people is just let go of the idea that you know what you're doing. Just let go of that. Like, just let go. There's nothing to be gotten out of it anyway. Right. And just let go of that. Like, I know what I'm doing. Because built into I know what I'm doing is a lot of past, right, from your own personal experience, and then there's the past that you you've seen other people do and not do. That includes stuff that you've read and heard and watched on television. There's a lot of romanticized notions of what a relationship is and isn't. There's just there's just this kind of swamp of stuff that you can't really see it because you're too busy trying to trudge your way through it. So I say, well, just Liquor, we'll follow that. There's no way that this relationship has to be. But if you start from the bottom, what could it be about? Now, it's not quite so simple to get to that point because already in your relationship, there's a past, right? If you've been in a relationship for two weeks, you' got a past. right If you've been in a relationship since last night, you got a past. So that's there too. Right. And then there's like all the ways that you and you kind of said at the beginning of the show, and this is true for everybody everything that you know of your partner and everything that you know of your partner is the basis for whatever you'll ever know about them. So even knowing them is currently limited. Yeah. Right. So you don't really, you can't hear or see anything beyond what you currently
1: know. Yeah. And it's
0: so that, so, so that's I, another little thing you got to like go. Off.
1: Yeah, no, and that's I and I want to talk about that because I feel like for obviously I could only speak for myself. I fa- as I was reading, I I kept finding those moments of, oh, well, I already know this. Like, oh, this is yeah. Oh, this is a, what something I do. I do this already. But then when it starts, I start to really think about it. I'm like, oh, if I already know this and I have an issue with this, where is the space for this? person to grow. There is no space because I'm just now creating this limitation of I already know everything. Right. So, and I want this to change and it won't change. And I'm just going to continue to let that build up, build up, build up until it becomes an issue. And then it's like a big problem. Right.
0: Right. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like you want to learn how to play cards, but you're only ever bringing dominoes. Yeah. So you can't, expect a new game if you keep playing it by the old rules, right? So, I mean, imagine somebody said to you, you're all you'll ever be. There's nothing more to come from you. I know you. You're a done deal. That's it. You'll just be this way until you die. But that's how we relate to our partners, right? But if somebody said that to you, you'd be like, what the are you (laughs) I'm so <laughs> right. I am a miracle. Are you joking? I have so much potential. Not what we do? It's funny because we don't question our own limitation that way. We don't question our own kind of cynicism, mm. right? Like people say, I'm not cynical until I mention somebody they're cynical about. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, you know, oh, there's that person. I guess that is pretty cynical. And again, you know, people talk about stuff like. Like, you know, I, you know, I have a tremendous amount of potential. I have a tremendous amount of possibility. Like, there's so much I can do with myself and my wife, and, but not them. They can. I can, but they can. Or something's the other way around.
1: Yeah.
0: And this book, I really wanted to get people to see and, and they touch the sides of the box. to kind of feel it for themselves. So, like every book I've ever written, and this is no exception in this regard, the real value of this book is in like what you just pointed to, the, the thinking that you do between the lines and the paragraphs, like when something comes to life for you. To me, any sort of personal growth book should be engaged with that way. And to, I never, I've never endeavored to write a book like, like an advice column or a linear process, yeah. but rather something that would sometimes force you to think, right, forces you to think, because it's in those gaps, it's in those spaces where, like, new things come to light. And in your relationships, I really feel as if your, all of our relationships, particularly your love relationship, requires a steady stream of new thinking,
1: Mm.
0: of new juice, of new energy, whatever you want to call it. Um, Because failing that, and I get into that later in the book, but failing that, you're left with some kind of, default participation in it that is you know you're just going to do you and they're going to do them and and that's it you know and and it never gets to it never gets to to expand and progress it only ever gets like we end up with this idea that getting along is just about as good as it can get
1: yeah it's so interesting when people say then oh I don't want my partner to feel limited. I want to be able to change. I want them to know that I can change. But getting from that point to actually giving the person the space to change is really hard because you have this, we're all very egocentric, right? I want you to serve me in the right. relationship.
0: Right. Right. Which is, which is the exact opposite of what will make you happy. Right. Right. It's the opposite. And I see this a lot and I'm and I'm really out to upset, upset the Apple cart a lot here with a lot of stuff I'm signing this book and it's deliberate. If you spend your relationship focusing on your needs and your wants, you'll never get what you need and you'll never get what you want. Yeah. Never. It won't happen. My needs and my wants, my needs and my wants. And that's how we ended up with that kind of 50-50 notion. And again, if you think 50, 50, my needs, my wants, so you're going to give me 50 of my needs and my wants, and I'm going to give you 50 of your needs and your wants. And somewhere in there, this is going to magically turn into what? Well, quite frankly, nothing. And I wanted to get people grounded in something that resonates, that actually stokes their fire. Yeah. And instead of, instead of looking for what stokes your fire, you actually start living from what stokes your fire. And that's a whole other game when you're in a relationship. It's a whole other game because I don't need to look across the table for anything. I'm somebody who's just happy to be at the table and express themselves and doing whatever. And I don't take this kind of Pollyannish or utopian view of it either. I know a lot of relationships are dysfunctional and they're, they're not working, and they're broken, and you have one or two people in that who have very little or no interest mm-hmm. in creating anything new, which is why in the book I talked about how to split up because ultimately that's your choice in a relationship. You're either all in or you should get the hell out. Yeah. Because otherwise, what are you doing, right? It's like you're kind of hanging around. Yeah. Waiting what for something want- to change, but you're not changing.
1: Yeah, like, what are, you, what are you waiting for? I love well, that. Well, usually, that very- is
0: it bad enough? That's what people are waiting on. Like, until it's just really bad, and then I'll do something about it. But there's no there's no engagement with it because we've created an environment, unfortunately, where people are left in a space of, well, why should I? Right? That's what the are left. For. Why should I? Well, I say, well, why shouldn't you? And then they'll say, because they, da, 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 da. okay, so whatever they're doing, then you can't have the relationship you want, okay. And, you know, I was really out to, like I said, upset status, you know, upset the status quo like, there's not, I really feel as if, and I've never come across anything out there that would put me... And the driver's seat of my relationship. And in such a powerful way, I felt as if everything, like I said, came down to advice, you know, like communication and never go to bed angry and, you know, just all this stuff that was like, I've gone to bed angry tons of times. So what? It doesn't mean anything, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean a relationship's ended, You know, I'm just pissed off at you right now. It's okay. Right. Actually, encourage people to argue. It's fine to argue. When it's not fine to argue is when it becomes a way of life, right, right? Where, you, where it's just almost everything you're doing is contested. Yeah. But arguing, even regular arguing, why is that a big deal? Why is that a big problem? Why is that, like, some people don't like to argue, others indulge it way too much. But ultimately, you know, I'm interested in people having stuff that they can use in their real life, not some hopeless, you know, stereotypical yes. television drama ideal yeah. of what a relationship should and shouldn't be.
1: Yeah, I really like that approach. It's way more realistic. And again, that really just speaks to how you write. It's very uh, matter of fact, it's very simple you know, just because something is simple doesn't mean it's easy. And there are two things that came up during this. And one is that actually just because we're talking about this topic about having, you know, two people and being in a state perhaps of constant disarray where there is this energy that is almost like you're addicted to the argument or there's so much resentment that two people are just in this dysfunctional relationship. And I think that this is a topic that's come up several times on the podcast. A lot of people have emailed and asked us to talk about it, but the couple that is out there, the relationship can be siblings, can be with the parent, can be, you know, whoever, but the relationship is so full and riddled of resentment that there's that energy of, you know, the trigger, anything they say is just going to, create a physiological response? Like, what do we do with that? You know, do we just break up as you would no. say? Like,
0: no, I think you have to deal with your addiction. Mm. You're addicted to being right. Like in your, and you get to pump that shit into your veins every time they open their mouth. And you do, it's like you get off on it. It's all just domination. Yeah, ooh. And that's what people don't want to face. What is that? They want to talk about no, does that, when you say, and then that reminds me I know, but <laughs> just look at how you're handling it though, right? Just look <laughs> at like what, what's going on in your body, right? And you'll see yourself just being, getting off on being right. And when you're getting off and being right, if it's not working, you'll take yourself a line. Yeah. People like, screw you and this side which is the, which is the, I mean, if you think about this in like kind of anthropological terms, right? Like in the evolution of humanity and so on and so forth, isolation is death, right? If you, you know, go back to, you know, thousands of years ago, being on your own, you were pretty much dead. So taking yourself away from yourself, someone, even in a moment, is just a punishment. It's I'm taking me away and leaving you there, right? I'm going to leave you there. And we—that's how we run our prisons. Basically, you know, we take you out of society, we put you in a box, and then even if you misbehave, other we'll take you out of that, put you in another box. We, it's all isolation, 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 isolation. So it's like the back of the hand in a relationship, you know, not literally, of course. But when you when you take yourself away from somebody like that, you're saying to them, "I'm in charge." And I'm taking myself away and I'm leaving you there on your own, stewing your own shit because I'm in charge. So there I am, I'm dominating again. Right now, sometimes people are dominating to avoid some sense of domination by another, right? When you're in that zone, you're not in a relationship in those moments. You're you're just in both of you are in some form of survival mode, right? Just trying to, you know, wound before you're wounded. But on the other hand, aside of that, that's what's going on between human beings, but it's not personal to you as a human being. That's what human beings do. That's how they survive those tempestuous and tumultuous times in the relationship. That's how they survive who's in charge, right? Some people uh, dominate by going quiet. It's not all shouting.
1: So good. I'm just like, (laughs) ugh. So, mm-hmm. so much to think about, even as you're saying this, I'm like, ah, oh,
0: fuck. <laughs> I know, but it's human. It's not. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't look upon this as some kind of character flaw. Right. You, you got to look upon it as like some undiscovered part of your own humanity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I really love about your writing. Whereas somebody else might give you this litany of items you need to check off in order to be a good person. Partner, I'm doing air quotes in a relationship. Like, yeah, don't go to sleep angry, do this and always make sure you apologize. You know, all of those things that I'm just like, okay, yeah, but sometimes I don't feel like doing that. And what am I, then it goes into, I don't feel like being wrong right now and, and I don't want to do it because then if I do it, I'm going to be resentful about it. And it's just going to perpetuate the cycle all over again. Right. Since last summer, I was struggling a lot with my gut health. I'm a huge superfoods, whole food person. I I love to have high quality vitamins and minerals in everything that I do and everything, not do, but everything that I eat. It's so important for me to be able to nourish my body well, to really take care of myself. And we all know the importance of gut health. And sometimes I don't want to be taking a million different supplements to get the vitamins and nutrients that I need. That's why I love Athletic Greens. I've been on Athletic Greens since 2019, and you all know the story. I found it when I came back from Australia. My stomach was really struggling, and it was the way that I felt myself come back into my normal routine. Actually, it wasn't my normal routine. It was better than my normal routine. And I noticed it make a difference even as I started to get back into running. I have mental clarity. My sleep has improved immensely. Athletic greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for all the different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash loved. Again, that's www.athleticgreens.com forward slash loved to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. athleticgreens.com forward slash loved. I have to say that June's journey is definitely the culprit that has inspired me to become a crime novelist. Okay, I'm not a crime novelist yet, but it's definitely an idea for a second book. If you're into a really cool who done it, then you'll love June's journey. And you all know I love to play a good game on my phone as a way to disconnect from social media. In June's Journey, you play June Parker, an amateur detective investigating a series of mysteries full of twists and turns around every corner. You'll put your powers of observation to the test. And I'm a really great detective. You sharpen your sleuthing skills and you relish in the thrill of solving the case. So whether you're craving a good mystery or you just need to get away for a while, June's journey is the perfect game for you. Sit back, relax, and let your inner Sherlock escape to the glamorous, roaring 20s. You'll search for hidden clues to solve mystery after mystery across thousands of vivid scenes. And with the new chapter every week, there's always a new case waiting to be cracked. And really, this is my treat after working for the day. I have to tune out for a minute. I don't want to get on social media. So this is my way to wind down. It's also a really great exercise for my brain to solve problems. And then I get the satisfaction of figuring something out, which is truly amazing. Look, there's a detective in all of us. You can find your inner detective by downloading June's Journey free today on the apple app store or google play
0: when you're talking about those kind of books and articles and stuff i'll tell you how people read those books okay people read those books going oh this is the checklist don't go to bed angry yeah you go to bed angry what else don't be resentful you're very resentful (laughs) what else Uh Oh, relationships are 50-50. You never give your 50. So the way that people read those books is looking across the table. Right, right. Right.
1: Uh Which
0: there's no cheese down that tunnel. There's nothing down there, right? Because even in that moment where you're pointing to your partner's flaws, you're making them wrong. So if I'm making you wrong in that moment, I must be being what? Right. I'm being right.
1: Yeah.
0: My view is right. What would make this work? I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. And in that, again, in that dynamic, when you're right, somebody has to be wrong.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: You both don't come out of this like, oh, well, we're both right. Right. No, Mm -hmm. I'm right. You're wrong. And then we complain that our relationship's not working. (laughs)
1: Oh my goodness. I mean, this is just, I mean, we can have a full conversation on just that, but I I do have another, I want to ask your opinion because of how this relates to being in relationship for you. What is the difference between connecting and engaging, connecting with somebody versus engaging with them? And how do both play a role in being in a relationship? do you think?
0: Well, I mean, I can engage in a conversation without ever really connecting with you. The minute I connect with you, I get where you're at. I don't have to put myself in your shoes. I just get you. A lot of what doesn't work in relationships is we're not taking the time to get what's going on across the table. There's a part in this book where I talked about identity relationship, where I'm saying people get in a relationship with somebody to... Take care of something about themselves that they hadn't they hadn't been able to take care of to that point. Which is why people say stuff like, you know, you complete me, right? Because there's a bit about yourself that you've never been okay with, and you met this person, and suddenly it seems like, oh, you're the answer. The way that you are fulfills on whatever I'm not okay with about myself, and vice versa. After a while you realize that that piece is still not complete. So that thing that you thought that they would complete for you, it never quite fills the hole. So you end up with this kind of disconnect. But if you if you really identify with your partner, well, what is the piece for them? What do they wrestle with at the level of their own humanity? Like fundamentally, what do they wrestle with? That I don't matter, that I'm not loved. That I'm not cared for, that, you know, I don't fit in, that I'm too different, that I'm broken, that I'm t- 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 if you could identify that for yourself, you would realize a lot of what falls out of your mouth is coming from there. But then you might be able to see what's going on across the table too, though. Because it's not, you know, I wanted people to get what's on the other side of when you first meet someone or the first year or the first two years, maybe even the first five years. Like what happens when your humanity starts to really show up? And again, if you look at this time of COVID, it's bringing a lot to the surface yeah. for people. A lot's coming out, right? Stuff's coming out your mouth, right? Like, or certainly thoughts are happening, that you're like, oh. Because that's what happens when people get together. It's like, it's almost like all the junk that you've been trying to pretend, is just going to have to get aired. Mm. And up it comes. And you've got two people, you know, like seeing each other every moment of every day. So again, sometimes that junk that's coming up seems like it's coming up because of what's over there. Yeah. But as with all of my work, I want you to get, no, let's take a look at your junk that's coming up. Let's not put that on the table. It shouldn't even be on the table. It's got nothing to do with the table. This is stuff you're working through. Maybe you should work through it. Maybe you want to talk to your partner about it, but not like they did it. More like, oh, this is what I'm hanging on to, or this is what I'm hooked by, or this is... And again, you know, in the kind of more traditional things that people might say, they might say, well, this is what you do that hooks me,
1: right?
0: Yeah, It's yeah. <laughs> just code for don't do that thing and I won't get hooked, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But you
0: can't live that way. It has to be more like, ah, what is it I'm getting hooked by here? What's that really all about? Yeah. Am I, do you have a sense of losing control? Do you have a sense of losing... My voice to ask, like, what is this for me, and how can I empower myself? How can I make a difference with myself, such that I have a real say in my own experience of being alive?
1: Yeah, one of the things that I really took away from reading this that resonated the overall theme, I guess for me was that as long as I keep focusing on how you're wrong. I won't have to look at how I'm wrong. Right. So right. the more I'm, as you're saying, the the person sitting across the table, the more I can identify and articulate how my needs aren't being met or why I can't connect with this person or why can not I, I yeah. can't be in a relationship with this person. I'm so engaged and focused on what is not happening that it, is distracting me from that internal work that you're you're saying. I mean, I know that yeah. you, you talk about creating a contract with yourself and you know, all of those things that I again, as people listen to this, people that read your books, people that are doing any type of self-improvement work, you're doing this work, but it's so easy to use that as a sort of like excuse to be right.
0: Right. So, you got to imagine it like this. It's like kind of walking into the supermarket with your shopping trolley and just standing there in the middle of it and complaining that people won't fill it up for you. And that's kind of like being in a relationship, like you're in it. And then you'll maybe go along a bit and you'll throw a couple of things in and you're like, they're still not bringing me what I want, though. Like, I want to, right? This is shit. Like, this is terrible. And then, you know, you bump into somebody else's, could you mind your own? You know, it's it's this kind of like, it's, again, it's based in that same simple dynamic. Your relationship is not supposed to fix you. Your relationship is supposed to be a place where you can go explore being you with another. That's it. There's nothing else happening. You know, like the rest is all just, you know, advice columns in Hollywood movies. You know, it's a place where you can go and explore being yourself with another. Yeah. And that's all. And if you actually got that, like, oh, that's what this is about, then not only will it likely go a lot better for you, but even on the other side of it, you might see that, oh, I actually don't want to explore being myself with this person. And that's okay, too. That's not, you know, I'm not active. we freaking save marriages and partnerships the world over. Sometimes they don't work. It's okay. But what's important is that either way, you're not fooling yourself. Yeah. Because you get one shot and it's like your relationship should be fully committed and fully authentic and fully all about what you're about. And I know people say, well, what if what I'm about is not what they're about? That's fine. Those things can actually coexist, believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, if you want your relationship to be about love and you're sitting around waiting on them to love you, that's kind of silly, right? It's kind of silly. If you want this relationship to be about love, then maybe you should, I don't know, be loving, just as a suggestion. And then people will say stuff like, well, I am loving, but they, but, and there you go, you're yeah. in this trade nuts like, yeah. It's all gift to get. Like, I'll be this way so that you do something else, which is right. never a good dynamic. It's never it's, Right. It's always you waiting rather than you exploring and expressing and, and finding new ways to discover, you know, like these elements of self that you've never been able to discover on your own, but in a relationship with somebody else. Things like your fears and your frustrations and your anger and your resentment and you know the power of of how you can love another. It's all a brilliant opportunity, or not.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have one question. More, I want have a million questions, but I have one more question, and this actually is about how your process in writing the book. Yeah because I'm I'm just so curious and every time I have authors on here as I've just written my first book it's always nice to hear from people that I admire that I look up to their process during you know writing a book like this I'm curious yeah. if as you were writing this something came up that you didn't expect what surprised you the most about writing this specific book
0: What's different about my books is in this space, a lot of people write from their own personal experience. There's nothing wrong with that, but you got to be really responsible for the degree that that applies to everybody, right? So I you know, I tend to write from a particular philosophy, right, with a kind of particular slant on life. Included in that in this book, though, are the ways in which I live my life right? Like, I'm not just an observer. I'm really, I'm sharing something with you and I'm in it, even though I might might not name myself in it. So I guess, you know, one of the very powerful things for me was, like, I really got this is how I live. Like, I don't, I mean, I live from, I'm connected to what I value. I express myself in my relationship. If my relationship's not going well, I really do go to the bathroom mirror. I mean, I have no expectation of my wife. The only thing that that I'm looking for from her is that she is herself, right? I don't need you to be any way with me. I don't, you have the freedom to be yourself. And that includes if you wanna be an asshole, it's fine. You're a human being, everybody's allowed a shot. And I don't have the same expectation that you'll treat me the same way. right? I don't, like, why, who am I to tell you how you should be in this relationship? I'm choosing to be in this relationship with you just the way you are. There's no pressure from me for you to be different, that you should just be you, which I don't always like, but that's how it goes. And, you know, like, and I think if people were just honest about that, like, (laughs) yeah, I don't like when you do that shit, but that is you, you know, like, I mean, I've got two dogs. I don't like all the shit they do, but, you know, they're puppies, you know, what do you want? Yeah. So there's no expectation. For... And it's it shows up in my parenting too. Like, I don't tell my children to cheer up or some shit. Like, you know, you got to sort that shit out for yourself. <laughs> like, you know, you could make yourself happy, but if you don't want to, I got it, you know, but I'll be over here. I'm not going to sit here and grope my way through the day with you. So, I guess that was both surprising and empowering, though, mm. because I don't profess to have like this picture postcard life or marriage or relationship with my children like nothing. It's all the same shit that everybody else goes through. Yeah. The only difference is my shit works. I think it works. You know, there's no, there's no massive, you know, like disconnect. There's no. If I'm gonna be right about something, I'll catch myself doing that and drop it like a hot cold. Cause I don't I just don't want to live that way. I hate the way that feels.
1: Yeah. Ah, <sighs> so good. Okay. That being said, I have one this time, for real, is the final Go, give question. it to me. Give me what you got. <laughs> No, this is it. This is the final question. <laughs> um, I want to be respectful. I'm excited about this new book. If you didn't catch it at the beginning of the intro when I recorded it, it's called Love Unfucked. And it's getting your relationship shit together and every single person should have this book. We will put the info in the show notes. So if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this, wherever you get your podcasts, if you go to the info button, the links will be there. Is there anything else you want to share, Gary, or where people can connect with you?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, you can find me on garyjohnbishop.com. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, Gary John Bishop on Twitter, on Facebook. And I'm active in all those places because, you know, I'm available for people that have questions, you know, I'm available for people that that want to know about the books and because they all tie in, right? The books don't contradict each other. So every one of my books you'll find dovetails in with something I've said before, or some kind of pathway of thinking. You know, I really feel as if that's something that's really missing for us as human beings is. Places where we can go and think, and without being told what to do, where we can go and ponder our own thoughts and work things out for ourselves, inside of a framework of thinking, and um, yeah, that's this is another one in the in the line of of that kind of uh, idea.
1: Yeah, it really is such a beautiful pathway to follow. I have to say, it's I think it's really cool that you do that. I'm just as I keep saying aspiring writer. I still feel like I'm an aspiring writer, but I do love the tie in of all of those different philosophies coming together. And so I definitely appreciate that. And I, for somebody like me, I love that every single one of your books feels like an invitation. And it definitely feels very real. You know, it's like for somebody like me that, grew up in East LA during the LA riots and this really chaotic environment. And then got into, you know, the world of, of meditation and mindfulness is sort of the juxtaposition, right? It's like, I go from chaos to now wanting to create a life in this peace and calming state. But at the same time, I'm still who I am. Right. I always say, I'm like, I'm still hood inside. Like it's really interesting to go into this place of how do I teach this information without it feeling disingenuous to me because i'm still very much human i'm still very much flawed i still have so much to learn you know even though i've been studying this for 20 plus years it's it still feels very much like i'm still learning you know
0: yeah i think that's a good spot to be in now i think i think many people myself included are in that spot of learning so i'm very similar so i'm from the east end of glasgow which is the side of the tracks where they stole the tracks, right? Like, that's that's the kind of, I believe it still holds the title of the stabbing capital of Europe. So, you know, we're climbing some heights there. Anyway, so, but, you know, it has a lot of those kind of social constraints, mm-hmm. and I was born in that part of the world and raised in that part of the world. But I'm not recovering from it. I'm not. Why did I recover from that? Like, it's, number one, it's over. Right? I don't live in that environment. I go visit, though. I've got a bunch of family. And I like going there. But one of the things that I've really come to discover for myself is in um, this process of reading and learning and giving it away, you know, it's important that I acknowledge it
1: mm.
0: and recognize it. And I don't have to pretend anything about it. I can just be really authentic about it. Because... Again, it's not because I'm saying that defines who I am. I'm saying, no, that's authentically what's there. I'm not, I'm not hiding from that. You know, like I'm not pretending that that you know that that didn't happen, or you know, or that this is somehow even better than that. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying, yeah, that shit's real. You know, like that's authentic, and I, and I think that's what matters to people when they're reading books or engaging in personal growth work, they have to feel as as if whoever's talking is real, is authentic, is a real person and not just some talking head sitting by their pole pretending whatever.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, this is a separate, we'll have the separate conversation another time (laughs) or maybe we do it off air. Um, Okay. That being said, the final, real final, final, final question to you is I'm curious if your answer has changed from the last time you were on here. It's about the radically loved podcast and why I started. I wanted to create a place for people to go to, to feel supported, to feel inspired, to know that they're not Alone to feel a radical sense of support and the idea is that we are radically we are radically loved by God, source, Buddha, whatever you believe in, the universe works for us and not against us. And so the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved?
0: There's so many ways. Anytime I get a message from somebody online, you know, that says they checked themselves in a rehab or they apologized or they took ownership of their life or they headed off in a different direction basically made something happen that was never going to happen for them. So, and I don't even need them to say shit other than just what they did. You know, it's not about acknowledgement or thanks or anything. It's just knowing that your life can be used for a purpose is wild.
1: that being said. So good. So good. Thank you so much, Gary, for being on here and for being a supporter of the radically loved podcast. We are so grateful. We love having you on and we can't wait for everybody to read your new book. Thank you so much for being here. Let's do this again soon.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the radically loved podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.